Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at BilalV87 on Twitter. Screw the future, a Raw reunion review, because as much as I like other legends, um, they really buried all of their current talent tonight on WWE Raw, or at least the young talent, or the future talent. The main event, and I use the term super loosely, was Ric Flair toasting all of the legends, which included Alicia Fox, followed by Stone Cold Steve Austin doing what Stone Cold Steve Austin does. This was all nice. It did nothing to establish any new talent. All it did was somehow mix Foxy into the legends along with Caitlyn and Kelly Kelly and Jillian. Talk about some easy gaining legends, you know. Even having my buddy Santino there, I don't know if you count him as a legend. But anyways, uh, so that was a problem. Uh, back to more uh, significant things. The club, which is now called the OC, which is the original club, which is a terrible name. They were backstage hyping up the match later on tonight with AJ Styles taking on Seth Rollins. We had a Miz TV segment with Seth Rollins that was interrupted backstage by Paul Heyman, who then came out to the stage, which took him no time. I don't know why he didn't just come out to the stage in the first place. I don't know if that was some sort of way to foreshadow his involvement or point to it, but it was a little odd. But it worked. Uh, we eventually did get AJ Styles taking on Rollins. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was on commentary. At one point, when it looked like the club uh, was kind of had the numbers on Rollins, or also that AJ was going to back out of the match. Uh, uh, either way, DX showed up. Uh, it ended in a DQ and a standoff. DX and Seth Rollins got some backup from the New Age Outlaws. Without Billy Gunn, although I'll give the Road Dog credit, he joked about it. But with Sean Waltzman and the Outsiders, Kevin Nash and uh, Big Razor Ramon. This is okay. I like the touch of Styles saying he'd come to NXT, a reference to Shawn Michaels uh, coaching there. And hopefully the OC, I guess we're calling them now. Hopefully they do invade NXT and maybe there actually would be a storyline here. Um, they did kind of put Seth over, but this really doesn't accomplish much in the grand scheme of things. Arguably, the biggest narrative of the night was the 24-7 championship. And please forgive me if I missed any of it. R-Truth and Carmella were backstage. Um, they played a video of R-Truth at Comic-Con, which of course was hilarious. Drake Maverick then won the title from him. The Godfather randomly showed up after, and I don't know exactly what happened. They tried to bleep something. It was very sloppy. It didn't work. Uh, this was a total waste of time and a waste of the Godfather. He might as well have shown up as right to censor. That would have at least worked and not caused the video to black in and out. That was very weird. Uh, Drake Maverick was then in the locker room when he ran into the Boogeyman. Somehow, this led to Pat Patterson uh, winning the 24-7 title. He then, I'm still not sure how, lost it to Briscoe because tag? And then Kelly Kelly won it as it looked like Briscoe had a heart attack. Which was still weird because she sort of brushed him over. And, and, and just, I don't know. I feel like th there was a better bit here and they just didn't find it. Anyways, uh, Kelly Kelly ran into Candice, Michelle, Melina, and Naomi. Melina had some weird line about how she was getting her license. And apparently it was to be a referee as Candice Michelle then won the title. Quickly, Alondra Blaze choked her out, which worked very well. And Alondra basically alluded to canning the 24-7 title. How none of the comment hitters knew this is exactly what she meant, I have no idea. And the garbage can was not well hidden as she approached the commentator's desk. It was really freaking obvious. 
Um, so this was pretty sloppy and silly. Uh, thankfully, Ted DiBiase came out and bought the title. That was a nice touch. Uh, Drake won it in a limo from Ted DiBiase. Uh, he got chased out and he ran out to where McFoley was cutting a promo where he joked about winning the 24-7 title one day. They just ran through him. Foley was then attacked by Bray Wyatt, which was effective, but it, it really did turn the new Wyatt character directly into a heel. I feel like maybe they should have found uh, a less likable person to keep a little bit of that face momentum. I guess it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It still worked very well, and the touch of Wyatt using the mandible claw was great. Drake later pinned uh, R-Truth for the eighth title change of the night. Um, Truth, of course, got his revenge as Drake returned to the same limo, which was very stupid, especially since he said earlier for his wife to wait, his wife to wait there for him. And Truth ran off with the title and Drake Maverick's wife. And there was a funny moment where Drake thought Carmella was his wife, which was hilarious. Um, this was the eighth 24-7 title change of the night. But I'm okay with that. This was pretty entertaining. And every part of this kind of worked on some level. So it's kind of hard to fault it. This is a pretty good use of the 24-7 title. As is the Comic-Con stuff too, to be honest. Uh, Raw actually started with John Cena cutting a promo. The Usos got in there. Rikishi got in there. Then they were cut off by The Revival and Devon Dudley. Why Bubba wasn't there, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be on the internet soon. Uh, check out Wrestling-Edge for that. Uh, Booker T was on commentary for this match, which was fairly appropriate. Uh, the Usos got the win here. Again, putting over a veteran team over a young team. Um, and we're going to get this title match, I guess. I don't know if we've officially had it, but it feels like we've had it. And if we haven't, okay, fine. It'll be good, but I feel like... I don't know. Are we going to have the Usos just eventually win these titles to take on the Viking Raiders? Is that where we're going? Because it seems like exactly where we're going. Samoa Joe came out to cut a promo, ripping apart the Raw reunion. And I love this. This was masterful. He was interrupted by Roman Reigns. They brawled and then also had a match, which, of course, Roman won. Once again, the established... Uh, well, I guess Roman's younger than Joe, but it would have been nice to see Joe get some momentum. We already know Roman is the company guy. We had a moment of bliss with Becky Lynch. Natty, of course, showed up, and then they brawled. Backstage, we heard more from Natty. Uh, this did flush out the narrative pretty well in terms of uh, Natty training Ronda, basically to take the title from Becky, and Ronda failed at WrestleMania. So this was good. This added a lot of depth to their rivalry, which was already pretty good, but this was well done and added to it quite nicely. We got Sami Zayn backstage ripping... Uh, the legends as he was interviewed by Charlie Caruso. Rey Mysterio stood up to him. Kurt Angle stepped in and said they should settle in the ring. Uh, Jonathan Coachman was on commentary for this one. Uh, and as Sammy tried to escape, RVD, Sergeant Slaughter, the Hurricane, and Kurt Angle would not let him. And Rey Mysterio got the win once again, crushing the future of WWE yet again. Backstage, we had Mike Canellis talking to Eve Torres. Not Eve Marie. That would have been funny. Um, and then Maria showed up and Eric Bischoff showed up. Maria was upset that uh, Mike wasn't moisturizing her pregnant belly, which is a pro tip that I will say for the future. And Eric Bischoff recommended that they come join SmackDown and that would somehow solve their problems. We also had Farouk dropping his obligatory dam that was assisted by Jimmy Hart's megaphone, which was brilliant. We also had a new legend, Alicia Fox, backstage with Dana Brooke and Caitlin, 
Tori Wilson and Santino showed up, uh, although Santino, my good friend, alluded to not having his sister but having his Cobra. Drew McIntyre walked past them quite awkwardly, which was very effective, uh, and went on to murder, uh, murder Cedric Alexander by uh, basically giving him a variation of the Alabama Slam on the ring apron. This wasn't really a match, it was just a beatdown. It was damn effective. We also had Christian uh, on commentary and Lillian Garcia announcing the uh, Viking Raiders crushing Hawkins and Ryder. A step up from jobbers, so that's good news. The Street Profits also had some fun with all the legends, uh, basically just name dropping, and this was great. And finally, Braun Strowman crushed some poor jobber, and as soon as I saw this, I lost all interest and didn't pay attention, because uh, this is stupid, and we do not need this on a three-hour show. We do not need this on any network show any cable channel Braun Strowman is a beast I do not need to see him crush a small man who's my size who I've never heard of not good um so that was the raw review you know it's okay um it's nice to see all these old school legends back even Hogan you know he was in Tampa and got a big plug I forgot to mention that which was nice this was the ideal situation for Hulk Hogan so that was very nice but throughout this whole card Aside from Seth Rollins and Drake Maverick, who really got, you know, I guess the Viking Raiders, this really was a um, failed attempt to put over new talent, which they really could have done. You could have had Zayn get a win. You could have had KO beat a legend. You could have had Seth Rollins beat a legend. You could, like, I'm not saying do all of these things, but do some of these things, you know, like, I don't even think there was a women's match on this show. You could have had Becky Lynch beat Alondra Blaze. Or Becky Lynch beat Caitlyn. Or Becky Lynch beat Melina. Or Becky Lynch... You get the idea. Beat Kelly Kelly. You could have done all of these things. And WWE completely wasted the opportunity. Just like I wasted my 10 minutes. I've gone over. That's it. At Bilal V87. I'll be back tomorrow with your SmackDown review. Peace out, y'all.